You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. When Jesus and his followers approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Jesus gave two disciples a task, saying to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will find tied up a colt that no one has ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, its master needs it, and he will send it back right away. They went and found a colt tied to a gate outside on the street. They untied it. Some people standing around said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told him just what Jesus said, and they left them alone. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes upon it, and he sat on it. Many people spread out their clothes on the road, while others spread branches cut from the fields. Those in front of him and those following were shouting, Hosanna, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. The word of God for the people of God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, that they might be pleasing to you who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Millions of Christians around the world are telling the same story today. They're telling the story of Palm Sunday, where Jesus approaches the city of Jerusalem shortly before his death. This story is recounted in all four of our Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record almost the same details of this story, which is significant because most of the time they do not relay the same events. These were Gospels that were written by different people from different perspectives at different times for different audiences, and so they uh, sort of recounted different things based on who they were trying to reach and who they wanted to let know about Jesus. So John's Gospel, for example, often has stories of what Jesus said rather than what Jesus did. Mark's gospel, meanwhile, is very short, no frills, to the point. Jesus did this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Luke's gospel is quick to remind us about those who are poor and vulnerable, while Matthew's gospel, every chance Matthew's gospel gets, we are reminded of prophecies that Jesus fulfills. So they all have their unique take on Jesus' life in the details that they share with us, And yet Palm Sunday is in all four of them, which suggests that this moment is really important, not only in the life of Jesus, but in the life of early Jesus followers and the early church. This procession to Jerusalem is pivotal. Now Mark's gospel tells the story this way. Jesus and his disciples, they walk towards Jerusalem, and as they get close to the city, Jesus sends them off to look for a colt that has never been ridden. And Mark's gospel is the only one who tells us, Jesus says, if they ask, tell them the Lord has need of it. All the gospels say that bit. And then Jesus says, and tell them we'll be bringing it back. 
which is different than most of the Romans at the time who would frequently take things from people and never bring it back. So Jesus says, let them know when we're done, the cult will come back to them. And then Jesus rides in towards Jerusalem on this colt, a young horse, an untamed horse. Processions were common in those days, and uh, Matthew and John's gospel are quick to tell us. Now, this was a fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah, but this was not like a procession that anybody else had seen at that time. If you were a kingly ruler, you rode in on a decorated horse that was well-trained and experienced. You had banners, you had a whole entourage that looked really impressive. And Jesus comes in on this little tiny horse with his ragtag bunch of disciples. It would have been a humbling entrance. And if you didn't know much about Jesus' message, you might wonder, what in the world is happening here? What is this guy all about? And the crowds began to put cloaks down on the road in front of him and they pulled branches from the trees and from the fields and it's John's gospel that adds the detail about the palm branches which were a sign of victory or triumph. And the crowds start to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The word Hosanna means save us, deliver us. So it's a cheer, but it's also a plea save us. These were crowds of people who probably knew Jesus' message. They had heard about his healings. They knew he cast out demons. They knew that he brought people back from the dead. And so they're gathered and they're waving these palm branches and they're saying, save us. Save us, Lord. For us, it's become a celebratory day. It's a parade. It's full of joy. And it should be because we're Easter people. We know how the story ends. We know that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and death is not going to stop him. He is going to come back from the grave and we get to celebrate Easter next week. But for Jesus and for those initial disciples who didn't know exactly how the story was going to unfold, this was a day full of foreboding. This was a day, I imagine, that might have felt daunting that might have been difficult. Hosanna becomes a more sobering refrain when we consider the rest of Holy Week and what Jesus has yet to go through. Holy Week is a time when we come face to face with some of those things that we find most challenging. Suffering, grief, betrayal, death. The central narrative of our Christian faith is that Jesus lived and died and was resurrected for us. Because that's how much God loves us and the world and all of creation. This is this moment of love and sacrifice. And between the parade of Palm Sunday and the resurrection promise of Easter, there's a really uncomfortable reality that includes these things of grief and loss and anguish. We've walked with Jesus to this point in Lent and now it's time to turn towards the cross and all of those challenging things. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, as everyone was cheering and begging Hosanna, he knew that he was walking towards death. He was walking towards suffering. And that had to be a weird feeling when everyone's celebrating and he knows what's truly about to happen. In John's gospel, before Jesus enters Jerusalem, he goes and visits his friend Lazarus, who, by the way, he had brought back from the dead. And as he's visiting his friend Lazarus, 
Mary, Lazarus' sister, pours this expensive perfume on his feet. And the disciples get mad and they say, why are you wasting this perfume on his feet? This doesn't make sense. And Jesus says, no, it's okay. She's anointing me for burial. He says this shortly before the Palm Sunday parade. And then in Luke's gospel, we're told that even as the crowd is gathering and the parade is forming and people are ready for this triumphant entry, Jesus pauses and he weeps. He weeps over Jerusalem and says, if only they could have seen what God was trying to do in their midst. If only they knew. And he's crying in the midst of this parade. And then in Matthew's gospel, we're told that Jerusalem is in turmoil. When he finally gets into the city, everybody is upset and they're nervous and they're saying, who is this man who comes riding in on a donkey, on a colt? What is this Jesus fellow about? And the first thing Jesus does in Matthew's gospel is he goes to the temple and he overturns the tables in anger and he throws out everybody who's making money off of the poor. There's a sense of urgency in Matthew's gospel after the Palm Sunday parade that we haven't seen yet up until that point. And it's around this time when we're told in scripture that the religious leaders actively start making their plot to have Jesus killed. So perhaps it's no wonder that he takes on this sense of urgency, that he's weeping during the parade. Palm Sunday is a reminder that Jesus resolutely walked toward that which was painful. He did not take the easier path. He did what was difficult even in the face of death. His life and death and his resurrection offer us the chance of redemption, of hope, of new life, of wholeness, of salvation, of healing. And so today we shout, Hosanna, save us, Lord. And tomorrow we begin this journey through Holy Week in which we confront the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, Jesus' suffering and death on Good Friday. This is a difficult week. And setting aside for a moment the cosmic eternal questions of the cross, I wonder if you and I were in that crowd If Jesus were here today, marching past us, what would motivate us to shout, Hosanna? What is it that we need Jesus to save us from today, right here and now in this life? Where do we need God's redemption? Where do we need hope? Where do we need resurrection? I think... There are places we need redemption and resurrection as an entire society. I think about the news last week of another school shooting in an elementary school, and I think we need something to change. Our kids learn about active shooter drills in the same way that they learn about math or music. And on this Palm Sunday, I'm thinking we need to cry out, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Save us. Help us figure out how to protect our kids. Help us do what is hard and right. Help us do something, anything, as we turn our faces toward the cross and that which is most painful. And then as individuals, too, as we turn towards our own hearts, we find ourselves in need of redemption. Here and now, even in this life, there are things that are not right in each of our lives. There are places where we need God's healing, 
where we need God's redeeming power. And if you're like me, there are some days where you're very clear where you need God's healing, and there are other days where you think, you know, I kind of have it together. And on those days when we feel like we have it together, that is probably when we need God's grace the very most, because we have blind spots and we don't even realize where it is that we are falling short. There are times when we need help on our journey. We need God's help. We need help from family, from friends. Sometimes we find we might even need help from trained professionals with God-given wisdom in their field, whatever that might be. And so I'm not talking here about minor inconveniences, trivial trials, the kind of thing you can solve in a single day with a single phone call. As I'm thinking about Hosanna, as I'm thinking about those places where we need God to save us, I'm thinking about those overarching recurrent narratives in each of our lives that prevent us from fully living that life God is calling us to. You may have an idea for yourself what that looks like. I'm talking about soul work, hard, challenging, tough work that God can do in us. Some of us may need deliverance from our anger, We may need deliverance from apathy. We may come here because we need deliverance from cancer, from anxiety, from addiction, from grief, from racism, from self-pity, from self-hatred, from guilt, from fear. Each one of us needs to be delivered from something. Even if it isn't preventing us from living our life in a positive, happy kind of way, God can do even more with each one of us by God's grace. God is calling us to do hard work each day as followers of Jesus. And so we say, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Save us as individuals. Save us as a society. Help us do that tough, inward-looking work to follow you. During Holy Week, we remember Jesus' path towards crucifixion, an act of of sacrificial love, an act that offers liberation, an act that offers salvation, an act that changes how we live right here, right now, as followers of Jesus Christ today. This is a moment to pray, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Change us from the inside out. Do not let me live the same life that I lived before I followed Jesus. Do not let me live the same life that I led yesterday. God, continue to work in me. John Wesley would have called this moving on to perfection, sanctification. God's grace continuing to work in us day by day by day, even if we have the audacity to think we have it all together. The Holy Spirit is nudging each one of us, every single person in this room and beyond these walls, toward a life that is rich and life-giving. And every single day there is an opportunity to do something perhaps difficult, that will lead us closer to Jesus. Jesus is challenging us to do those difficult things, to do that difficult soul work that will bring resurrection in our lives and in our world. And God is actively working to redeem what is broken, actively working to bring hope and resurrection, waiting for us to get on board with what God is already doing. May this Holy Week be a time when we journey with Jesus 
and we read the scriptures and we follow Jesus' story. And may it also be a time when we examine our own faith journey, turning towards the cross, looking for that soul work that Jesus is challenging us to take on. May we be ready for the challenge this Holy Week, no matter what it is. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.